What, what wonderful, wonderful music we have during these camp meeting days, don't we? Boy, that'll set your foot to tapping. That is, uh, that is just wonderful. Thank you so much. We uh, turn to the scripture this morning to an interesting passage that uh, makes one of the sisters look a little bit better than the other when you come to considering Mary and Martha. I want us to look at this a little more closely and see if we can glean from it a message that God might have for our lives and that we might find useful in the days to come of this week. Have you ever heard someone say, or maybe even you have said it yourself, if you want something done, ask a busy person to do it? There's some good logic to that. There is, isn't there? Because usually if you've got somebody that's active in motion, they're engaged with the world around them, and they are willing to, to work as well on your project as well as their projects. That's just their mindset. There are a lot of, a lot of type A kind of motivated people that will work until the sun sets and then go beyond that. It's just a part of their nature. In fact, it may be a part of your nature. Or it may be a part of your nature to sit around and do nothing all day long. I don't know. I haven't gotten to know everybody at Pittman Park yet. But I assume that this area of the state is no different than any other area of the state or the world for that matter. And that there are some that are very comfortable with letting other people do the tasks. Have you met anybody like that? Do not call out a name. <laughs> it frustrates to no end some of the type A'ers that there are other persons that have a different take on the world and that they're not as uptight, not as uptight about getting things done on that same schedule. Now, I want to say that that upon my arrival here at Pittman Park, one of the things that I picked up on immediately was the, the extreme busyness of this church. It is a beautiful thing. It really is amazing how many activities are going on, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. And uh, Sue and I have, have uh, been by the church together at times and she has said to me, she said, well, what's going on up there? The parking lot would be full. And I would share with her something that was going on. It's just exceptional. Not only that Pittman Park plans, but also that P Pittman Park hosts here on the property. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing filled with mission and ministry and programs and innovations and creativity, invitations, just such beautiful hospitality. I would dare say that, that it is not to be exceeded by anybody else in any other place. It is a beautiful thing to witness. But let me share with you an interesting conversation that I have had with several persons here at Pittman Park because I'm in the process of asking where people are, who people are, and trying to meet as many as, of you as I possibly can. I appreciate you all continuing to help me with the mem memory of names. But in my asking where certain people are, I have heard 
more than one person say, oh, we gave them too many tasks to do and they got burned out and so they're not around anymore. Now, that is a sad thing, but it is a reality with life. Have you discovered this about yourself yet? Have you discovered that you can do too much for your own good? Even in the church, you can do this. We want to think that the church is somehow the exception to the rule and that somehow there is this boundless energy that will be never ending for those that work hard. There will always be enough energy left to even work harder. Well, let me tell you that there is another way of thinking about this. We risk by our very work, the type of work that we do, undoing all the good labor that God puts in us. This passage of Scripture about Mary and Martha alludes to the greater aspect the broader spectrum of the work and calling that is a part of our lives here. You and I are interested, I hope, to find some kind of balance in which God will make us into his fruitful people in this place. Jonathan and I are preaching through a sermon series that we've entitled Verbs. It's an interesting thought, especially when our attention, particularly today, is focused on Mary, who seems to do nothing. She just sits down. She sits down. She stops what she's doing. But there is something that is very powerful and active in the choice that she makes. Now, Martha doesn't like it very much. Martha, when she emerges from the kitchen, shows up with wet bread dough on her hands, looking the situation over, anger on her face, at least frustration, as she looks down at Jesus sitting there and Mary in front of him, and she cannot believe the incredible insensitivity of her sister not to see the situation. This is her house. She's trying her best to be this, this wonderful host to Jesus, but can't she see that she needs to be in her place in the kitchen? Now, this is interesting, because if ever there was a culture that put women in this stereotypical place, it was the culture in which she was raised. Mary knew that it was her place to be there working in the kitchen. She was choosing to do something else. Now, I don't know if she had informed Martha before Jesus got there, but since Mary and Martha really weren't talking in this story, <laughs> You can imagine they had a few words before Jesus showed up, right? Can you imagine the conversation in the kitchen between Mary and Martha when Mary said, now when Jesus shows up, I'm going to drop everything because I want to listen to what he has to say. 
And Martha looked at her like she was from another planet. (laughs) And she didn't believe that she would pull it off, but Mary did exactly what she had said that she was going to do when Jesus arrived. She went in and hung on every word of this precious teacher, this friend of her family. And Martha simply had to bite her tongue in order that she not blister her with the anger that was foaming from within. Mary was not this activist of sorts, really. She had no clue that she might be perceived later by some women in the culture just following hers as being this one who opened the door for them also to make the exit from the kitchen at the right moment. Not unlike perhaps some Rosa Parks of just a few years past, who although she was in the movement, was not so much a part of the movement until the movement overtook her there on the bus. And the driver comes back to say, ma'am, the white section of this bus is full. Would you mind moving back just a little bit further? And she had the good sense to say, would I mind? I'm staying right where I am. And she became the apex of the movement that has changed not only this nation, but the world in so many ways. Here, Mary comes in and does what looks like is nothing, nothing. She sits at Jesus' feet. And yet, how many women did that in Jesus' day? It was a man's place to sit there and to soak in the teachings of rabbis. But she wasn't going to be so easily pushed to the side. The reason being that she wanted to be an activist? No. Her concern was simply to soak up all that she could of this great master of hers. This Jesus whom she knew accepted her so fully and whom she wanted to accept every day. Mary seeking this vision, this vision of what God was doing that gave her work some meaning. Every day she had work to do, but she wanted meaning to that work. I love the ramblings, bless his liberal soul, this, this holdover from the 60s, this, this hippie from years past, this Howard Hanger up in Asheville. Oh, what an interesting reflection he has on life. Too provocative at times for me. But he said, he said something that is fascinating. He said, you and I are born with this 
umbilical connection not only with our mother but with God. Oh, come on now. He said when that separation point occurs, there's a longing within us always for life to be restored as it should be. Think on this just a minute now. Do not each of us have this deep, deep desire within us to be connected with the holy presence of God. Don't you have this desire deep within you just to know that God is real and there, present before you? It puts all things in right order when we experience this. Martha, she was fit to be tied. And Jesus was caught in the middle. Maybe we ought to be wearing bracelets with the insignia, suggesting what should Jesus do, not what would Jesus do. What should Jesus do? She had caught him dead in the middle of all of this. She didn't go to her sister. She and her sister weren't talking at this point. She went to Jesus. And she triangulated him into the matter. Now, any parent knows that children are born with this in their DNA. <laughs> they know what to do. When they go to their mama to ask if they can do something, and mama says no, but not to the father's hearing, they will make their way to the other side of the house and ask daddy. And... He will say exactly the opposite of what Mama said. It can create havoc. You and I experience this in so many ways. I, I remember, I remember years ago we, we moved to Osceola, Georgia. Precious town. So many good memories, and some not quite so good. <laughs> I remember when we moved to Osceola that uh, a precious man within the church was helping to move us in. We were coming in and out the back door with boxes and setting them down and sweating up a storm, and this house was 20 yards from the church, if that. It was right beside the the sanctuary. But while we were coming and going, he looked up at me and he said, you know, we're a four-year church. And I thought to myself, even if you are, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like planning for my leaving, you know? And, and I did not tell Sue that for a number of days. You can believe me on this. But there was another thing that happened. Within 48 hours of our having come into that community, a, a lady met me at the office the next morning. And, you know, everything was so fresh, and there was just this surrounding of a great cloud of witnesses and I was trying to piece all of this together and figure out who was who and, and what was what. And she came in um, unannounced and sat down in my office. And she said, she said, I want you to know we're glad that you're here. 
but don't put me ever on a committee with this other lady that she named in the church. <laughs> and I took that to heart, you know, and I thought, well, I wonder what's in that. And, and uh, so, so I thought that I had branded my brain with that information, but uh, human soul that I am, come nominations time in the fall, that didn't occur to me. That didn't occur to me. And lo and behold, I made the tragic error of putting these two ladies on the same committee. Now, once we hit charge conference and affirmed this slate of nominations, guess who showed up in my office the next morning? This same lady showed up, and she was pointing her finger at me, and she was saying, all right, if you're going to play dirty that way. And I, I said, wait a minute now. She, she said, you put me on the committee with that other woman just to spite me. I know it. I said, oh, no. I hate to tell you, it was just my bad memory that did this. She, she said, matters not. She said, matters not. She said, you have done the damage. And she turned around and left my office. I don't think she ever got over it. She thought I had it in for her in some way or the other and had chosen sides. But let me tell you how I felt. I felt caught in the middle. I felt caught in the middle. It, it wasn't about me, but it was all about me at that point. I couldn't get out of the situation. Here Martha comes to Jesus, and her words are so similar. She says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me as if it was Jesus' job, you see. And Jesus gently scolded Martha by his response. Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing, and Mary's chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her. All of us get distracted at times. I know that I am distracted at times. The busyness of life can haunt us when we don't even know it. It was a few years back that... Our family had gathered for a meal. It was up in Macon when my parents-in-law, Margaret and Alec Bullington, were at Vineville United Methodist. And we had a large family gathering around the table there in their dining room. I can't even remember exactly what the occasion was. We celebrate birthdays to the nth degree, and so I'm sure it was probably a birthday of somebody's, but we were there in the room, and not only was it the immediate family, but it was an extended part of the family, too. Sue's brother, Steve, was there, uh, 
Um, Steve is like a Methodist monk, if you've never met him. He is a beautiful soul. You need to meet him. He, and we'll get him to come and visit us here. Steve lives at Greenbow House of Prayer. And the, the, uh, the other counterpart to Steve is a first cousin of mine whose name is Faye Key. And Faye is like a Methodist nun there on that property. Well, Faye and Steve were at the table at this meal. I was occupied in my thoughts before I even came to the dinner. I was distracted beyond measure. I know that I did not have my mind on a thing that was being said there. Finally, I saw the opportunity to get on with some jobs that were on the docket. And so I bowed my way out of the conversation and out of the room and was making my way to the car when I realized that the Methodist nun was following me. And when I got to the door of my car, she was standing on the other side and she looked me in the eye with this scathing glance and she said something that was so important for me to hear. She said, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> and I looked at her as honestly as I could. I said, not a thing. What, what is it? She said, you know. I said, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. She said, okay. <laughs> and I got in the car and I drove away. And for the first block or two, I was all right. And then I, I realized that she had pierced me with her honesty. That she had seen what I couldn't see myself. You think Martha could have seen what was going on in her without Jesus? No way. No way. Jesus did her a favor to speak to her the way that he did. I was distanced not only from family, but the truth was that I had let my busyness reach the point where I was distanced from God too. And faith picked up on it like that. The Greek translation of that word is pulled in many directions. Not just distracted, but pulled in so many different directions. I shared that little story with our youth during their youth week. Do you remember me mentioning to you, or it may have been that Jared mentioned it, that they were focusing on the theme of zombies that week? Have you ever seen a zombie? They're all over the place. <laughs> Everywhere you look, there are zombies. I thought it was just, just gruesome movies, but you know, there's, there's sort of this psychology, this, this, this understanding of that genre. 
And I, I didn't get it for the longest time. And I won't say which one of my daughters just really loves zombie movies. I'll let you figure out that over the course of the next few years. But, but she said to me, she said, she said, Dad, you just don't get it. You don't get it. I said, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to get it. She said, she said, but the zombies are us. They're us. And I said, what? <laughs> she said, the zombies are us. The zombies are what we don't want to be. I said, okay, help me here. Talk with me. And she said, she said, she said, do you want to be just this walking dead person? I said, I'm with you now. I said, this will preach. <laughs> How many of us fall into the routine? Even, even, even in our church work of doing it with an attitude. To the point that we undo everything that God would do through us. I'm not saying that Martha's work is not important. It is. God send us more Marthas. Or else we might not get anything done, right? We might not get anything done. But my focus today, and I think the calling of our lives, is that God would send us more Marys. And in fact, that we would discover that this is a part of one coin, the loving of God and the loving of neighbor. And Mary knew that. It wasn't that Mary was saying that she wasn't going to work. She worked every day just like Martha did. But she knew how important it was to be connected with God. It is easy, friends, to let the agenda of your day be so filled with the important things that you have to do that you will reach day's end and not have spent an ounce of time loving Jesus. Is that good? No. It is deadly. As we come to the close of this time together, let me remind you, this week, especially, embody the presence of Mary. Better yet, better yet, embody the presence of Jesus, of Jesus. Was there ever one 
who was more powerful, a non-anxious spirit in the world. Even to the cross, Jesus moved ahead with his work. And yet he was so connected with Jesus, with God, his Father, that those who looked at him knew that they were looking at God's Son. God bless us to live in the presence of God, to embrace the presence of God, to be surrounded with all things God. Our final hymn is another beautiful old camp meeting style hymn, and this one is in our hymnal. And I want to, to open this altar to you today. Would it be camp meeting days if we didn't open the altar? This altar is open to you to come if there is anyone here today that has not made that profession of faith to follow Christ, I want to especially welcome you to come and to kneel here and to simply say, God, come and help me with this venture. But if you want to come and simply commit yourself, recommit yourself to the work of God in this place and also to being more aware, this altar is open to you. Now, I've learned through recent years that Methodists hang back from the altar more than come to the altar. And I want to free you up, okay? There's not a soul that's going to be trying to evaluate what you've done this week that causes you to have to come to the altar, okay? If you want to come and to kneel here for just a few moments in this place, just to, in your mind, in your heart, know that you have connected with God in a special way, I want you to know that this altar is open. Let's stand as we share together in singing, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.'"